everybody and welcome to the Sandy 16 podcast. Yes, you heard that right. This week we are Sandy rather than Sunny. For those of you that live in the UK, there is a weird orange sky thing going on. Um, apparently due to a hurricane that started out in the Atlantic Ocean somewhere near the Azores and that as we speak is battering Ireland. So you know, hope everybody in Ireland is OK. Um, thank you to Danny Roberts on Twitter for the name Sandy 16. Uh, we were worrying about Sunny 16 not being a good thing when it's really cloudy in a sort of orange weird way. Um, talking about weird... Um, it's just me and Graham this week because Rachel can't join us. We haven't got any guests. And so this is, you know, old school podcast in time. Uh, so, Graham, how are you, Maddie? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Aid. Yeah, it has been weird out there today. I mean, it, it feels like a strange thing to say, especially as you, you know, I, I am particularly in central England. So the worst that I've seen of this bad weather is this weird sky and this orange sky and the, the weird light that it's cast on the world today um that seems very very minimal considering that uh, what other people are having to put up with um even with this hurricane in ireland and certainly with what the states had to put up with but yeah it has put a bizarre light on us today um and it was quite nice to see it clear away and blue skies follow it on. And yeah, I'm 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 bummed that um, Rachel's not here with us this week. Uh, she, she broke her mouth through overuse, which is quite unsurprising, <laughs> really, but still sad. I was going to let her get away with it. Actually, I wasn't going to share. I wasn't going to share that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think she wanted to, and then it wasn't through overuse. <laughs> she was eating wrong, wasn't she? Or something. I don't know. She was. She's trying to shove a giant Kit Kat in her mouth. I didn't really understand, but she was doing something weird with her mouth and broke it. So get well soon, Rach. Yeah, yes. A bit of bit of rest. Bit of rest will probably sort it right out. Hmm. Uh, well, it is a shame she asked us because I think she was keen on, on talking about uh, Filmtober. Uh, this week um, and so you and I um, I haven't participated you may have participated a tiny bit we're going to have to wing it on that um, which I suppose is as, as good an intro to the show as as we could get this week we've got a lot of small things to talk about and we uh, one of the things we've been doing is trawling the crowdfunding websites and communities to see how we could possibly follow up last week's show <laughs> <laughs> So we've got some updates uh, for you on stuff like that. We've got some great emails uh, from uh, listeners. And uh, and do you know what? There's even going to be... Um, can I count this, Graham, as my camera bag show? No, because I don't want to give away the right to do that show. Um, there may well be a little bit of... The right you have no right, sir. <laughs> it's uh there may even be a little bit of what's in aids bag this evening um uh so uh what why is that laughable <laughs> it's just it sounds no no sounds come on why, why, as... why are you busting my balls <laughs> <laughs> you think i'm funny <laughs> your balls and your bag please <laughs> you think i'm funny <laughs> all right clearly you do please. think i'm funny right <laughs> anyway uh, Shall we get started? Yes, let's. You know what would be a good thing, Abe? Actually, we didn't talk about this, but we could. Do, let's do a lightning round. Now we talked about you. You just talked about this film Toba thing. For anybody who doesn't know, which ostensibly means for anybody who's not on Twitter and following anybody within the film community, 
Filmtober is a hashtag that's been going for the month of October. Uh, who was it that started it? Aid, you looked this up. Uh, it's a chap called. Uh, well, his his Twitter handle is J Sargo. J A Y S A R G O. His name is Jason Avery. There you go. Um, probably somebody we ought to know who he is, but, you know, Celavi, this is us. Um, and he created this list of 31 questions. They're doing one a day, and then people have been responding to these things um, on a daily basis. And I've seen lots of them on the very rare occasions when I've gone on to Twitter. Um, I think I managed to get involved with one of them, uh, which was the first one, Why Do You Shoot Film?, uh, to which my answer was, uh, because if I didn't do something to justify all the cameras that are lying around my house, my partner would make me throw them away, um, which is <laughs> probably too close to the truth. So, Aid, how about, right, we lightning round through these. Let's see how quick we can get through these. So, OK, um, you're going to have to really get pithy with these, Aid. Right, I've already answered my first one. Why do you shoot film, Aid? Uh, I just like it better and I take better photos when I shoot film. Also, you'd be kicked off the podcast if you didn't, so there's that. Um, you can't kick me off my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, we, we get you impeached. Um, <laughs> two, what format do you use and why? Oh, God, I could talk about this forever, couldn't I? Well, um, you can't. You can talk about it for two seconds. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll pick one. Uh, medium format because I, I love the subtle aesthetic that comes with those longer focal lengths. A very good, good answer, good answer. Um, colour or black and white? Colour. Okay. Do you develop your own film? Certainly not. Lazy. Do you use a dark ram? Dark ram? <laughs> or scan <laughs> and digital print? Uh, well, uh, well, I guess it's um, scan and digital print. Question six. Are you brand loyal? And if so, who to? Yes, to everybody. <laughs> you just love brands mostly coca-cola and nestle i'm assuming seven do you shoot digital too or only film i try and shoot only film but there are some use cases where digital is better like video for instance um and uh, my only waterproof camera is digital etc 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 um question eight your favorite film and why that's really tricky um, well, which one do you, you... You've been shooting Ektar a lot this year. I have, yeah. Ektar, yes. Which is odd because I'm not a... Because I'm a portrait photographer. So it would it would probably be uh, either Ektar or Portra 160. Okay, good. Um, your favourite camera and why? My Bronny, because it's just amazing. Really? So you'd pick that even above your Nikon? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the Nikons, but uh, the 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 I I most like the photographs I take with my Bronica and the why. Um, well, because I I feel I take my best photographs with it, but but it's 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 just a joy to use. That's true. Apart that from apart true. from the twenty million ways it can stop you from taking a photograph <laughs> when you press the button. <laughs> Yeah, you got to love that. It's like a little krypton factor test before you're allowed to take that picture. <laughs> it totally um, is. A couple of quick ones which we can pretty much answer straight away. Do you use a light meter or a spot? Um, uh, does, d yes, I have a, I have light meters, but none of them have spot meter on them. 
Okay. Uh, do you use expired film? No. And I've got to put a call out to Sandeep on this, actually, for his answer to this. Um, uh, because Sandeep answered this question on Twitter by saying that actually he's made a conscious decision to, to use fresh film because he wants to support those people that are manufacturing it. And although that's not my answer, that's his. I do, I do feel that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense, particularly as as the people who are supplying film get to be smaller and smaller entities. Um, actually, the actions of the individual makes more and more difference to them. It's not like the old days where you were dealing with you know, these huge leviathans you know, like Kodak, as was, and Fuji, where you know what one person did or didn't do didn't make much difference. Actually, you know. You can make a difference if you're buying quite a lot from these small suppliers. Yeah. Um, best book about film photography? Don't think I have any books about film photography. I just have books about photography. Oh, okay. Well, best book about photography? Photography for dummies. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if you could change one thing about film photography, what would it be? Oh, God damn hipsters that are involved with it, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I wish there were better you. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, who inspires your film photography? That, again, isn't about film. Um, uh, but the the two people I often list, or three people I, I often list, uh, are um, Gregory Crudson. He's uh, he's very cinematic, very produced approach. Uh, the complete opposite end of, of the spectrum, Bill Eggleston, uh, uh, because he of his ability to take interesting photos of nothing at all. Uh, and the third one, uh, whose name I've completely, whose surname I've completely forgotten. His first name is Tim, and he took some very his fantastic portraits of people like um, the Monty Python team. Uh, what's his name? Let me quickly Google that. I should know that, shouldn't I? Tim Walker. Sorry, Tim Walker uh, for for his portraits. There you go. Okay. I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed not to have made the list, but, you know, I'll live. Um, what was the last photographs? Film... <laughs> not very often, no. <laughs> what was the last film camera that you bought and why did you buy it? Sorry, Rachel as well. I find Rachel really inspiring. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Look. <laughs> Answer the next question. We're moving on. What was on. the question? <laughs> what was the last film camera that you bought, and why did you buy it? Oh, this is today's, isn't it? This is today's film toba question. Um, oh yeah, it is. The last. So we should stop here, otherwise we'll get ahead of ourselves. Um, uh, the well, last film, the film camera film I bought, and why? What was the last film camera I bought? I think it was that Minox Minox Thirty Five, the one with the sticky shutter. Okay. I think that was. Why did you buy it? Because you told me to. Oh yeah. Well, that's the best kind of reason. You you said that I absolutely must have a pocketable thirty-five mil camera, so I went out and bought one. Yeah, it's good. You should you should do what wise individuals tell you. Um, I'm gonna. I should do that. Yes, yes. Why did what you told me to? (laughs) No idea. I'm going to ask you one more, which is actually the next question. To, so this is tomorrow's question, because I think it's probably the, out of all the ones that um, are left. I think it's the one that's most um, interesting. And do you know what? This isn't going to go out until after then anyway. So go for it. Yeah. So questions. And also, this list is on the um, in, in Twitter, which is how I'm reading it. Obvs. Um, one tip that you would pass on to inspire others. Never run with scissors. <laughs> that's not inspirational that's health and safety 
Uh, um, also, can't say don't we or don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> that that was, doesn't count. Either. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that the first time around. <laughs> um, that's that. Uh, that is a tricky question. Not because I have a lot of wisdom to give, and it's difficult to <laughs> difficult to pare it down. Um, just because I don't really know. I think. Um, I think don't be afraid to fail. So try, yeah. experiment, and you know, um, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. I think I would say with that is that you're probably your own worst critic. That is the thing that for me repeatedly, I, I think, looking at other people's work, is that most people tend to view their own work more harshly than anybody else will. So um, just get out there and shoot and, and share it and, you know, don't, don't not do something, do do something, as I think. I can't remember where I heard that, but it may well have been on Judge John Hodgman or something like that. And but yeah, don't don't not do something, do do a thing. Um, uh, it's always better to. Um, so, you know, I think that, that hashtag Filmtobe is fun. Um, so there's another two weeks of that to run yet. So if you're on Twitter, search that hashtag um, and uh, get involved. And if you're not on Twitter, enjoy the peace and quiet that comes with that choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on right let's get to crowdfunding land shall we i mean there's a, there's a <laughs> oh, so God. there's one i want to kick into touch first right okay yeah so so we spent a long time talking about a digital camera last week um, a digital <laughs> okay. camera that according to lots of people on even on their own kickstarter today might not actually be real um, it might well be that the Yashica Y35 uh, it, it don't, it doesn't even have a, uh, a working prototype. There's quite some questions being asked. This is not me saying one way or the other. What I'm saying is there's a lot of questions being asked. I mean, despite that, they have now uh, sold over 6,000 cameras uh, and they've raised 8,000 Hong Kong dollars. Um, which is so they're, they're they're ten times over their their target even in just the first week, um, but there's quite a lot of concern I think in the Kickstarter community that it might not be real. So, um, I uh, you know, have you got thirty seconds of anything you want to say on this, or can we just get rid of this one now? No, I'm just going to very quickly say just because I, I was looking at this, I was reading through the comments on it. Um, and because I saw people mention this on Twitter also, um, I mean, they have. I don't think it's going to be taken down from um, Kickstarter. They put up examples of prototypes and stuff like this. They they seem to have done everything they need to. I mean, let's face it, it's a bog standard digital camera. This is not going to require any great effort to make a prototype of it. So unsurprisingly, they they've got something together. Um, it's amazing. The thing the thing about all of this that is fascinating to me is the amount of feeling behind it because personally speaking uh and i i, I would I, I i don't like to tell people actually i love telling people what to do but what i would say to like anybody listening to this is don't give a shit about it because it's just a, a just a piece of tut it's just a cheap toy camera um that looks like a thing um the name means nothing unfortunately the yashika name is just a name that's been bought to slap on it um and means nothing it has nothing to do with the heritage of it there's no reason at all for film photographers to care about it so we just shouldn't um but it is spectacular how much people in the comments really do seem to care a lot um and um 
yeah, that's all there is to say about it, really. I don't think we'll come back to it again one way or the other because it's nothing to do with us. It really isn't. Um, it'll get made and people will or won't be disappointed with it. And, you know, who knows? But it's been fascinating to watch. <laughs> and I can only imagine what the people who put this Kickstarter up must be thinking because like we they cannot have expected this kind of response to it. And frankly, I mean, we both own Yashica cameras. Um, I own a couple of them, the, the I own a TLR and the Electro 35. You know, it's a brand that has meaning to us, but it's surprising to me how much it's meant to so many people. As you said, there's you know, 6,134 backers at present, even after apparently quite a few people did pull out when all the brouhaha kicked up over the um, prototypes and stuff. So, you know, it'll happen. But, um, yeah, let's draw a line underneath that one and move on with our happy little lives. Absolutely. And uh, good use of the word brouhaha there. <laughs> Thanks. Much underused word. <laughs> it is. It's uh, one of my favourites. Should, we should start a Kickstarter for it. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some some actual stuff that might have some bearing. Uh, so uh, back, I'm back on Kickstarter. Um, so this is, uh, okay, so this is a thing that is actually called I'm Back, um, I think. And uh, either that or it's because they've been here before, I don't know. <laughs> so this is a, you know, you know we, uh, we lots of people have talked over the years about what if you could build a digital sensor like into a 35 mil cartridge and stick it in the back of your film camera. What would that be like? Uh, well, this is kind of trying to do that. Um, I think they uh, this is using a digital sensor that can be made to fit film SLRs, um, and uh, it's called I'm Back. Uh, I believe it's a technology based upon Raspberry Pi computers and some sort of uh, digital sensor. Um, it uh, it produces a, a little box of tricks that goes underneath your SLR, a bit like an old motor winder would from the 80s or something like that, so it does make it quite a lot taller. Um, but in theory, what you get is a film SLR converted to digital. <sighs> Graham, where to start? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have to say, I feel a lot more charitably towards this Kickstarter than I did towards the Ashik Kickstarter. And to be honest, even more than I do towards um, Lamography's Kickstarter, because this this feels like a kickstarter that is true to the original ethos of what kickstarter was about it's um somebody trying to make something in a, in a small way and share it with the world and get backing to do it this isn't a, you know, a big company trying to do it um and you know it's an interesting idea as you said Aid, it's based on using a raspberry pi um and um all sorts of weird bits and pieces and um, it's it's kind of a fun hacked together thing, um, and I mean it's not something that I'm interested in, um, and uh, you know I can't imagine that anybody who's listening to this will particularly be. But I think if you're of a kind of a geeky maker kind of thing, then actually this could be something which is a bit of fun because it is a lot of it is about getting you, know, you you essentially you're buying these plastic kits with all the bits in it and you can put it together yourself if you want to and there's all sorts of um diy aspect of it um if only our, if only make, our geeky maker was on the show this week if only i see i think rachel would perhaps be quite on board with this um i mean you know 
the practical use of it, the fact that so many of the lenses for SLRs can just be slammed straight onto a digital camera does kind of make it a little bit less relevant. Um, and this is um, the third time that they've had a go at doing this on Kickstarter. I had a look and this is the third, uh, our fourth attempt, I think perhaps even at getting this going. Um, they've obviously not got the, the amount of backers before. They're looking for 85,000 euros and they're, they're currently up to um, 18,000. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're on their way. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's you know a, a fun, genuine project. Um, and I think they've been featured in quite a few places before. So um, yeah, hopefully they'll get a bit more oomph behind it. Um, but, you know, if you're the kind of person who's into hacky stuff and makey stuff, then check it out. It's, as you said, it's called um, the I'm Back. Um, uh, that's what it is on, yeah. Pro low-cost digital back for 35mm analog. Um, you know, the sensor in it. Sounds like it's probably a better sensor than the one that's going into uh, um, the little Yashica. Um, it does some fun stuff. You know, you can use Wi-Fi connection. You can use a smartphone as a monitor. It does some, you know, does some fun stuff. Um, yeah, check it out if it sounds vaguely of interest to you. I said it. it's it's not for me, but I at least respect it as being a uh, an interesting project. So. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough indeed. Uh, the links to all of these things, we should say, are in the show notes uh, for this week. So, uh, yeah, click on the show notes, uh, click on the links, and you should be able to follow th- uh, and look through all of this stuff we're talking about. Okay, on to so so, so that's what did I what do I think about that? I'm back. Is it it's uh, is it a pseudo analog Kickstarter as opposed to a blatantly digital one? It certainly involves analog cameras, doesn't it? So. Um, so where it's sort of got a foot in both camps. Uh, the next one, um, if uh, if we can believe any of the information or the, the lack of information about it, might actually be a real 35mm SLR, a new real 35mm SLR. Um, but there's very little information about it. Uh, so what we're talking about here is a camera called the Reflex S. I think <laughs> there's so little information <laughs> about it. It's difficult to tell. Um, certainly the, uh, the, the, the website is uh, reflex-s.com um, and uh, they have a website, um, uh, but the website is just a, a, a picture of the very, very top plate of, uh, of what looks like it might in the fullness of time become uh, an SLR. Um, and uh, if you stay on that single page, because there's absolutely nothing on the website, if you stay on it for a little while, a little thing pops up and says, can you put your email address in here if you want to be part of it or, or keep up to date? All it says then is Reflex is a newly designed manual 35mm SLR camera system, a first in over 25 years. Our Kickstarter launches end October. Now, it doesn't say what year. <laughs> Um, and I have heard this is not the first time I've heard about this but I thought yeah uh, actually it's worth including while we're doing a roundup of such things Um, so uh, I believe they have an Instagram account do they Graham? Yeah they do Um, again there's not a great deal on here there's um, what they're sharing is test shots on here taken with um, the camera Um, 
it, what can you really say when there's so little information about it? Um, they are looking to make a an SLR body. Um, it's clearly, you know, the, the pictures they've got at the moment, they're talking about the fact they're working on things like light leaks and shutter sync and stuff like this. Um, it appears to be a, a British project. Uh, I think whoever it is doing it is based down in London by the looks of it. Um, but really, there's not much to, to go on from that. Um, I mean, it would be great. It would be a, if somebody can start making a reliable SLR body, that would be wonderful because um, there's a bajillion lenses out there um but the bodies are the things that are, are starting to pack up um so yeah if 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 they are doing that and if they can build it in a way that it can have um perhaps interchangeable or just models with different lens mounts on it so people can get one that would be wonderful um well you know they said end of october we might see something very soon from it um but uh yes at the moment it's it's quiet but you know could be very exciting we'll watch this space it's have i've not seen m or anybody comment on this at all um so they seem to be working in quiet isolation um but you know that might not be a bad thing <laughs> no, 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 not in the slightest. It might be. Who knows? <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> Indeed, who knows? The thing is, if if they're looking to do a crowdfunding thing um, in the near future, they need to not be working in isolation. They need to be a lot noisier about this uh, fairly quickly so that they can, uh, you know, get the interest in it. Wise words there, buddy. Wise words. Right, on to the next one. So now we're coming away from cameras, and this is back to film now. Okay, uh, and this is another one where the name has been doing the rounds for a little while, but the crowdfunding project hasn't yet started. Um, and this is, uh, I have no idea what the pronunciation for this should be, um, Silbera. Um, is that right? Do you know? I think it's supposed Silbera. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> because it's Russian, yes. Yeah. So, because it's Russian. So there is a Russian film manufacturer. Well, I say film. It's not just films. It's film, photo paper, chemicals uh, called Silbera. Uh, and they are aiming to start an Indiegogo campaign. Um, uh, I think that starts soon, is it? It says, uh, this October we're ready to start with several new black and white films for all of us. Okay, so um, it does say they've been started. They've been going since two thousand and nine on their on their Indiegogo page, um, uh, but not, uh, I think um, uh, maybe not with film. Maybe they've been doing paper and chemistry so far. Is it, is it, can you fill any of the gaps in on this one? Not really. I mean, as you said, they they um, according to the they've got a pre. <laughs> Pre pre starting page on Indiegogo, um, talking about what they're at with him. So it looks as though they are looking to bring into line quite a range of films um, on their website, uh, which is um, was it Silbera dot com? Uh, the the English language looking. version is. I think there's a dot ru as well. But I th I think um, my computer is programmed to self destruct if I go to any website that ends in dot ru. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, on there, they've got quite a list of films, um, but I, I think it is a state case of they, they've been making the chemicals for since 2009 and now they're looking to get into the films um, and they are at different stages 
with the difference. I think the orthochromatic films, um, they are further ahead with those. And I think the pan films, uh, perhaps not started yet, but if they can get going with that, if, if the early stage is successful with the auto films, then, um, I think it's really interesting. I, just as we were saying about with the, um, guys with this new reflex camera, the fact they seem to be working quite a bubble. The reason I was looking up Silbera, Silbera, um, is because, um, they are active they're getting out there and they're getting involved with the conversation you know i've seen them pop up you know with regards to film toba stuff i've seen them yeah I said, this is bearing in mind how little i use twitter the fact that i was familiar with them um they are clearly plugging themselves into the community um i've seen them involved in conversations with um em over a massive and um so this is great you know the, and it really bodes well for another another manufacturer um coming online that is listening to um the community and wants to get involved with the community uh which seems like a really smart way forward um and it and it's really heartening because you know part of the reason we decided we wanted to do a bit of a round of what was going on at the moment is because this week <laughs> was a uh, yet more fun news from our friends at um fujifilm or, or as I like to say, get fuck UG film, um, which one that has to be bleeped out. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, talk about more discontinuations coming from them. Um, it looks like the Acros film is going to be done com- completely killed off um, next year, and they're killing off multi packs of uh, I think it's the thirty five millimeter films. Um, you know, it's just it's all going one way and it's not going to change as M said, when he was on the show, this is just a continued wind down of their line of films. And we can be fairly sure that it is going to go away, but you know, I'm not going to shed any tears over it because we're getting more and more stuff coming along to fill that gap. Even this year, we've had numerous things come along. Um, and it's a lot easier to be much more forward looking now than it was a couple of years ago, even with regards to the slide film, which is the big thing that I think people are going to really miss from Fuji. Um, we've got the, the Roly Vario film. We've got Kodak's uh, Ektachrome um, We've hopefully got the Ferrania film. You know, maybe we'll see that next year. Ferrania are a bit quiet at the moment. They got all their P30 pre-order stuff shipped out. And they've now sort of hunkered down into um, sort of working away in the background phase prior, I'm sure, to getting back out once they've got more stuff to sell and to announce. So, um, yeah, I think all in all, it's actually looking very positive with regards to film supplies, just not from the big supplier. So I'd say, I'd say that. I say, yeah, I mean, I've been shooting film maybe for five years now. Um, so you know not well apart from when I was a kid when I wasn't a wasn't really that much of an enthusiastic photographer um the what do I say I I see that uh there's far more manufacturers of film now I think than there were although the 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 ranges that each of the manufacturers have is smaller but I think you know I'm, I'm seeing it's quite quite healthy I mean we've been saying we said more than once in recent times on this show that actually it's been an amazingly good year for analog photography you know the number of cameras that are being launched the number of films that are being launched you know be they negative or slide or instant or whatever it might be um I'm I'm 
pretty upbeat about it actually you know we're thinking uh yeah well in october now so coming up to thinking well what what might 2018 look like uh for film photography i'm quite positive you know it is a shame that some of these things are getting killed off and some people's favorites are getting killed off but you know with all of these things out there even if some of them are a little offbeat <laughs> um they can't all be bad can it no, absolutely. And just to um, actually uh, correct myself here, I'm just looking at Silbera Film's Twitter um, page, which is at Silbera Film. Um, and they've actually got photos up on their um, feed of pictures taken with Silbera Pan 200 film. So they've clearly got film out there and available to buy um, from St. Petersburg, unfortunately. But, you know, I think this is the point. A large part of the point of this um, Indiegogo is going to be to make this a bigger operation that can start supplying to the world. Um, but yeah, check out Silbera Film for them. They look interesting and um, the film, the images they've got shot with their 200 and their 100 ISO pan films looks really nice. Um, so yeah, cool. cool All good indeed. stuff from them. Yeah, okay. So, so there, I guess, is... Uh, whew, a little whip round the uh, crowdfunding world and see what's going on for analog photography and some weird sort of digital stuff as well. Um, you know, looking reasonably healthy. Um, uh, and uh, well, I suspect we've missed some now. So it would be great to hear from listeners if there's some big things that we've missed. It is absolutely not intentional. Uh, it is primarily through ineptitude, lack of time, um and all those sorts of things that are about us being bad, not about anybody else's projects being bad. So we would love to hear about more stuff uh, if there's stuff out there. Um, but that's a bit of a, a quick uh, quick summary of what we can see out there. Um, we'll take a quick break now, and then we'll come back with more news and chat and stuff. Right, well, it is, um, having spoken about all of those Kickstarters, there is actually a, a project week going on at the moment. Is it, is it right to call it a project week? I suppose it is. Um, this is something that's been going on for quite some time now. Uh, certainly it's a well-established thing. It is, of course, Polaroid week this week. And by the time you listen to this show, it's probably nearly the end of Polaroid week. Um, but as we record it uh, on Monday evening, actually, there's... Um, you know, the, the, it's the beginning of the week and there's some excitement about this. Uh, Graham, how many Polaroids have you shot for this Polaroid week so far? Oh, uh, uncountable number. <laughs> uncountable. <laughs> OK, let's go. OK, so uh, I, I actually went out today um, with uh, two of my Instax cameras because um, uh, I thought there's some funny orange sun. I'll, I'll go out. Um, and uh, at least I thought I went out with two of my instance instax cameras um what had happened was is in the melee of getting in the car uh because uh, uh i was out and about uh with my wife we were running some errands and stuff um i accidentally left my cameras at the house <laughs> so I, yeah so so on the weirdest lighting day i've seen for years um uh if ever today very very strange light in the uk today um 
uh, I went out without a camera. Well, I didn't go out with a camera ob- without a camera. Obviously, I had my phone with me and I took some photos on my phone. But um, yeah, so I have also taken an uncountable number of Polaroids this week or any other f- type of instant film. Have so, you got any plans to, because you, you, we've got a few days left, have you got any plans to take any pictures? Yes, absolutely. I don't know what, um, but uh, given that I didn't get the chance to do it today, I will com- I will configure some sort of chances uh, tomorrow. And uh, I, actually, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who have heard me wittering for the whole of the life of this podcast about my commute into London and stuff like that, I recently concluded that job. So as I sit here recording this show... I'm now just starting the third week of my break between jobs and uh, I've caught up on a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of business admin and a lot of stuff that had just generally been left behind. Um, I started mending the kitchen cabinet, uh, the kitchen door today, the cabinet, one of the hinges gone on one of the cabinets in our kitchen. So I started mending that today. All of those jobs I'm catching up with. And it does mean that I do have some time for photography. Um, so I am going to be uh, taking some instant fo- photographs this week. Um, do you know what I saw, actually, um, uh, which had never occurred to me today, and I'm kicking myself, had never occurred to me to do this. I saw somebody who was doing diptychs and triptychs with Instax Mini. Mm, that sounds like a fun thing to do because they would display really nicely. They would display really nicely, and it gets over, the, in some ways, the fact that Instax Mini is, is such a small format um and because i now have the lomography instant camera where you actually have a manual exposure option i could make that each of those photographs be guaranteed to be the same exposure yeah perfect so you're gonna give this a go then i think i might yeah yeah i think i might go out and uh and find something to to shoot and uh burn me through a couple of packs of instax maybe yeah, I'm I'm gonna um try and get organized enough to get some probably in stacks wide, I think, um, for the weekend, as opposed to the polar stuff, mostly because of cost. Because um, I was just telling you, my my boys and um, I have got a gig coming up this weekend. It's a very glamorous rock and roll lifestyle that I live um, for um, their rock school that they go to, and it's like this Halloween thing, and um, so there's gonna be loads of people dressed up, and the guys there have made some really fun. <laughs> gravestones because gravestones are fun um for all the different <laughs> bands um so that'd be quite fun so i think i'm gonna yeah get some instax film for my instax wide and go and shoot some pictures up there and you were just saying you found it behaved very well in the wonky like conditions that you were in last week so yeah yeah i mean if 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 you're in very we were in a very dark room last week when rach and i were out doing the uh the that uh evening thing that we had to do uh and um you know keep keep people five six feet away um uh, and let it sit on auto and you're probably going to be all right not the most imaginative lighting in the world so you have to work harder on your composition i guess but uh, um mm. you know uh yeah it could, could be something interesting could be something interesting there definitely so uh yeah okay well let's see what we can come up with then shall we see if we can uh both come back next week to the show um uh with some instant photographs and participate it seems to me that i've never really participated in this before it seems to me that actually uh the place to be is Flickr uh for this um and there is a group called roid week 2017 uh there's also a a whole hashtag on twitter for it as well and i have the links to twitter and to Flickr in the show notes uh, for anybody who wants to take part and everybody should 
Um, and uh, and actually, that's what we've got an email relating to this later. But some of those new Polaroids are out in the wild, aren't they? Oh well, we don't have to. We don't have to do everything formulaic. If you want to skip and and uh, and mention that particular email, we could just skip ahead and do that. You know, it's it's our I, show, I mate. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Really? Oh, God, well, within reason. Sick. I mean, we shouldn't talk too much about digital. We've done that a lot recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault it's the community's fault blame the community blame the community and blame rachel because she's not here well it's only a very short email isn't it but it's very exciting and it's from um, our good friend cole miller um who is a frequent guest oh no wait hang on frequent failed to turn up when he said he was going to on the show uh, and has yet to be a guest but one day hope springs eternal um and he just sent us a very short email to let us know that his polaroid one step two has arrived oh instantly he starts off with howdy sunbeams good work cole um <laughs> Uh, seem to recall mentioning that I'd record a mini review for you, so we will try and get this to, done and over to us over the weekend. Yes, please do, Cole. We would love to hear what you think of it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, That'd be awesome. Hope- I think Martin's a shipped as well. Martin Smith, I think he posted something or other a day or two ago to says that his is on its way. So, um, you know, these if these things, are, these things are real now and the film is real and stuff like that. So that that's pretty awesome stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully um, we will get some feedback on that from Cole for maybe for next week's show. Um, although, let's face it, given Cole's record of reliability, let's not all hold our breath in case we all go blue and die. Thanks, Cole. <laughs> OK, right. There we go. That's why you're not allowed to talk about the listeners. <laughs> anyway. All right. Now, um, can we talk about me? Oh, yes. All right. Okay. This is this because so, I might actually, I might be on the show next week. Um, I well, might it depends not be. On, it depends on how your performance is reviewed this week. Let's face it. <laughs> right. Am I performance... going on a week by week basis with you at the moment? <laughs> have I not? Have I not cleared my probationary period yet? <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. You know, if you fire me, you'll have to do all the editing and we'll all the recording. Oh God. <laughs> And actually, you know, you'll have to do that for the next few weeks anyway. So have we have we ever really done this topic justice? Probably not. We've talked a lot, though, about the fact that I'm going away on a trip soon. And I think a lot of listeners know where I'm going. But just just to give a quick recap, I am going on a photography tour of Bhutan, uh, a small country in the Himalayas, uh, which borders with India and with China or the the Tibetan part of, of China. Um, and I'm going on that trip uh, a week tomorrow. And, and who are you around. going with? I think this is very relevant. Who are you going with? Uh, well, I, I uh, a whole bunch of people I don't know who are the, the paying participants of, of said photography tour. But one of the hosts of the tour is a chap called Chris Marquardt. Um, who uh, I I would hope that his name is familiar to a great many of our listeners, actually. I mean, he's been doing a photography podcast for well over a decade at this point, uh, since since podcasting was invented. Um, And uh, whilst a lot of it is uh, about digital uh, and a lot of it is aimed at people who are less experienced in photography, um, he does also have a keen interest in film photography. And he and his partner, uh, Monica, I believe her name is, uh, they both shoot a lot of film, including right up to large format film. So um, uh, hopefully some of our listeners have heard of Chris Marquardt. Um, And even more, hopefully, Aid, hopefully you can kind of, you know, get him to 
push the show on his podcast a bit and we become celebrities of huge fame because his podcast <laughs> is super popular. His podcast is super popular. And um, for those that you don't recognize his name, his podcast is called Tips from the Top Floor. Um, and it is it is pretty much the longest running uh, photography podcast on the internet today so um, yeah so uh, I'm I'm super excited about this this is a, a trip that is going to see me uh, in the foothills of the Himalayas uh, we're going to cultural fire festivals we're going to uh, Buddhist monasteries we're going to see cities we're going to see landscapes we're going to see all sorts of stuff and um, it's uh, well I I I hope it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, but it is. It is in that category, I think. <laughs> it, it all depends on whether you fall off one of these uh, mountains and fall down a ravine and die, as I said to you last week when we were talking about it. Yes, it does. That is one <laughs> of the things that it depends on, <laughs> and I don't get some sort of weird affliction of some sort. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing nothing i assumed you were taking your weird afflictions with you um so this is this has been like the whole thing about this is it's such a um defined trip going to such a, an area you you've never done anything like this before have you so not just the photography gear but like all of your gear you've had to kind of start from scratch with um and it seems like it's been quite a mission for you getting stuff together for this trip. Oh, it's been a it's been a running joke for people I've been talking to about it for some time. I I, I realised that I I've never owned a proper waterproof jacket. I mean, I've had like a, a shower proof jacket, but I'm going to the Himalayas, right? <laughs> so, um, I don't own. I didn't. I do now. I didn't. I didn't own any proper walking shoes. Um, you know, I had twenty pairs of trainers. <laughs> You know, but I didn't have a proper pair, proper pair of of walking shoes that that would be suitable for any kind of, of environment like that. Um, it's just not something that is in. It's just not something I do really. I mean, I love being outdoors. I love going, you know, do a bit of cycling, you know, often with the children, uh, go for walks. But you know, in fairly um, fairly tame uh, places, um, I do some uh, some sport. I play tennis. Most is mostly my sport. Um, but I, I've just not really been a, a mountain climbing type of person. So yeah, I mean it's been it's been. I've had to buy uh, a, a camera backpack because I didn't own a backpack either. Um, <laughs> it's all sorts of weird stuff. Anyway, let's cut to the chase. People don't want to hear about what brand of waterproof socks I bought, do they? Really? <laughs> well, probably not. No. <laughs> So without um, without actually uh, playing my camera bag show card, I am going to talk about what I'm taking with me in terms of photography gear. You want uh, to actually, you know, even I am borderline interested in what kind of bag you're taking with you for this. <laughs> are you sure? Now? Make the most of this. This is the most enthusiasm you're ever going to find within me for finding about a bag. Okay, all right. Um, the bag I am taking is a is a rucksack, a rucksack, a rucksack style camera bag because I will be doing some walking. It's not a trekking holiday, but I will be doing some walking, and I'm going to want both of my hands available to take photographs. So I thought I'd get a backpack. Um, it is a a Manfrotto something or other. It's a sort of green um, 
uh, it's designed for urban environments rather than it is for for trekking. Um, uh, but I did that partly because um, it was slightly smaller and partly because I'll probably want to use it when I get back. Um, so I, I bought myself a, a rucksack uh, and it's looking pretty good. It's one of these ones which uh, you can have all as one big space or you can have it in halves where one half is is padded out for camera gear and you know you can partition it and, and the other part is more open so that you can put you know, your, your day-to-day walking about stuff or loads of rolls of film in my case <laughs> uh so yeah so i got that uh what's going in it well oh, i so much wanted to shoot medium format on this trip uh until i realized that um carrying around two bronicas for a fortnight even in a backpack might be slightly heavy um and that if it rains um uh bronicas really are, are, are like a net aren't they they're full of holes <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's like there are so many places where a bronica is designed to come apart and none of those things fit particularly well together <laughs> well they do that's a bit unfair they do fit well together and they are light tight but i don't think they'd be watertight um i think it's one of those things where um you could quite easily get um water into something slightly important maybe not into where the film is because if it's light tight it probably is watertight uh or at least a little bit um but uh yeah tricky tricky that one i wasn't i wasn't banking on my bronica surviving um surviving in the rain which meant and seeing as i'd have had to borrow yours as a spare that i would have probably broken yours as well so. <laughs> yeah yeah that doesn't sound ideal that doesn't sound, yes i can see why you might turn away from that as a plan so okay so so i've compromised and and uh we're going 35 mil um, which means I'm with my uh, beloved go-to uh, Nikon FE2 cameras. Um, they're bulletproof. They've both been serviced recently. Uh, I have two of them, which is helpful on a trip like this, uh, especially if I lose or break one or give me the ability to have different films. Uh, I am going to take three lenses and I shall probably only use two of them, but I don't know which two. Uh, I'm taking a 24, a 50 and an 85 uh what else have i got uh i mean i won't bore you with details of things like polarizing filters and step up rings and 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 nonsense like that um which brings us i think to lighting (laughs) how many how many lights can i I take well you know come on what am i going to do i'm not going to go away on a trip where i might have some marvelous opportunities to take photos and not take any lights am i Um, i suppose not i suppose not uh, but I am restricting myself. I am going to take, uh, uh, well, I, I'm probably actually going to take two speed lights, but one of them will be a, a spare in case one gets broken rather than to be carried around every day. So I suspect most days I'll only have one speed light with me. Um, but of course, then the transmitter that goes with that and the light meter so that I can use it and uh, a small foldable softbox and stuff like that. So that'll all be... Uh, or be part of my day-to-day kit as well. Um, I thought that was quite restrained. And uh, I'm not even going to take any of my LED lights, although I will have a pretty good LED torch, which I could use in a, if necessary, in a pinch. Uh, that, that is very restrained for you, Aid. So, um, I've got to carry Nikon- it all. <laughs> yeah. Other than the two Nikons, are you taking any other cameras with you at all? Uh, well, I mean, I shall have my phone with me. Um, and uh, you'll remember, of course, uh, uh, mercilessly 
uh, taking the piss out of me when I went to New York earlier this year and only used my phone to shoot video. Yes. Um, so uh, I will be taking my phone uh, with the moment lenses to give me a, a super wide angle and somewhat mm-hmm. of a telephoto lens uh, that then, um, albeit on a phone, gives me the ability to shoot uh, both raw digital photographs uh, and I'm finding actually using the camera built into Lightroom Mobile on my iPhone uh, and the shooting raw with that, that's that's um, that's delivering right now some pretty malleable files. You can work quite a lot with those. Actually, there's quite a lot of information in those files. Um, and it gives me the ability to shoot video, of course, as well. So, um, And do you, I mean, what's, the weather situation because i would imagine it's changeable i mean what if it's raining if it's raining um i will shoot quickly (laughs) brilliant well i'm glad you really thought that one through are you not even going to take that little um olympus tough cam thing of yours i i did think about it um uh, but i'm not no i i i'm i'm uh, I'm going. Um, I, I, I'm going 100 percent analog. 100 well, percent film. Well, I think that's very cool. Um, are you concerned at all? I mean, I, I I don't know what the temperatures are likely to be up in these places. Is it is it likely to get very cold or not really that bad? It's difficult to tell because there's going to be quite a lot of elevation change. So uh, I believe you know this is. Um, I think the the bottom of the valleys is somewhere around 2,000 metres. Uh, what's that in feet? You've got to multiply by three and a bit, haven't you? I don't know, six and a half thousand feet or something like that. Um, so so the bottom of a valley in Bhutan is is about the height of your average Alp. <laughs> the right. Him, turns out the Himalayas are a bit bigger than the Alps. Who'd have thought? <laughs> um, and we might be going up over 3,000 metres um so you could be talking as much as 10,000 feet i think potentially for our uh, imperial listeners um so there's quite yeah this is quite high um uh and i'm told it's going to be uh, uh, as the monsoon season is is broadly speaking uh, about finished right now i'm i'm led to believe and because we'll be in the mountains rather than uh, in the south of the country which is more subtropical I don't think it's going to be very wet. At least that's what I've been told to expect. Uh, temperatures somewhere between 5 and 15 degrees, although, to be honest, at the altitude we're going to be at, I think it's going to be nearer 5 degrees, uh, 5 to 10 degrees most of the time. Um, uh, and uh, you really, it's just one of these things where you have to buy, you have to, to buy, yeah, I've had to buy some clothes because I didn't have the right ones, but you have to take layered clothes. So you have to have a, a, a base layer T-shirt and a, and a mid-layer fleece and then maybe a some sort of you know uh, down filled jacket i've bought a, a a vest one a sleeveless one um and then a waterproof coat on top of that and all that sort of outdoorsy type stuff and if you thought photography was expensive try going for a walk as a hobby <laughs> people who go for walks must be going for walks i think because they can't afford any other form of transport because they've had to spend it all on their socks and their shoes and their coats and their trousers it's so expensive it is so expensive it is i i've never never imagined it would be so expensive to go for a walk ridiculous well i guess you've got to keep yourself wrapped up on warm wash up there i it's a shame you don't have um 
a sort of almost a beta camera as in like one you don't really care too much about that if it does get a bit wet and yucky out there you can just use that instead but you don't really have anything like that do you you you're not inclined to have just cruddy old cameras kicking around for the sake of it well you know so of of my two nikons there is one the the silver topped one is is definitely the workhorse and the reason it's it is that um is because as i bought it it was in a it was in a a good quality but used condition um and, and i've you know and my my black one is much tidier cosmetically i mean yeah mechanically they're both identical they're both perfect but i i will use the silver one first i will pick that up first because you know it, it's just the one i go to first because it's more used basically um so but the, i think what i'll end up with is is two different films so uh, which I suppose we should talk about the film, shouldn't we? So yeah, absolutely, I, we should. Uh, I am taking three different films with me. Um, they are all color. They are all color negative. Um, uh, the first will be no surprise because <laughs> um, we were talking about it earlier. It's Kodak Ektar, um, and uh, you know, for the colors and the feel of it, I I just love shooting Ektar. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to get some amazing uh, colourful cityscapes and landscapes and stuff like that with the Ektar. Um, you were talking a few weeks ago about mucking around, maybe trying to push or pull it a bit. Is this a thing? Did you actually end up doing any experimenting with that? I did. I did. Uh, I shot a roll of Ektar at 400. So I shot it two stops underexposed. And I sent it off to uh, AG Photolab. Um, having spoken to them, uh, they don't advertise on their website that they'll push C41, but they will do it uh, if you ask them to. Um, the reason they don't advertise it is because they're not particularly fond of the results. Um, right. Uh, and so they said, yeah, we, we, we'll do it if you like. Um, so I asked them to push it one stop. So it was shot at four. So this is a 100 is the box speed, of course, for Ektar. I shot it at 400 and it was processed as if it were 200. Um, is that right? No. Sounds sounds believable. Yes. Something. I yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. Yes, I pushed it. Uh, no, because oh, never mind. I pushed it one stop, um, and uh, the scans came back, um, and they were totally recoverable. They weren't as good. <laughs> well, they were. They weren't as good as they would be normally. There was a lot of green in them that I needed to take out. Um, right. But there seemed to be uh, the, uh, there seemed to be the detail there. Uh, there is maybe a bit a bit mushy in the in the uh, in the dark end of the spectrum, um, a bit more bit mushier than you'd expect it to be. But actually, it didn't turn out too bad. Um, <clears throat> but would I want to bet the farm on it? Mm, not really. Um, so with my other two films, I'm going to be slightly foolish with, and I've chosen two films that I've never used before. <laughs> Always a good plan. So, yeah, what I could possibly go wrong with that? I think everybody will be listening to this will be like, oh, yeah, smart move, eh? <laughs> Opportunity of a lifetime. You're going to this far, far away place. Definitely best to go with things you just do not know at all. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, therefore, I have chosen. So I have just three rolls, actually. But I have three rolls of Lomo Red Scale. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm thinking if there's some good light, actually, you could get some really beautiful shots, um, uh, maybe some uh, some great landscape shots or, or something like that with uh, with red scale to give it some atmosphere. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I, I I like the idea because you know it sounds absurd to say because you're going somewhere absolutely amazing, but you are also going somewhere that's well photographed, and it's nice to have be able to go have something that will give you a different take on it. And the Red Scale will absolutely do that, so that'd be cool. So I think sometimes you have to be brave. I mean, if you uh, and we've talked to Rob Hawthorne before about he went um, he shot uh, Aerochrome in. Mexico I think it was wasn't it I think it was Mexico yes. um and um, what he came back with there um is uh a, a different view of 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 that that whole Mexican pyramid kind of landscape and you know again as you say something that has been shot multiple times and he came back with something that was genuinely different um so if I um yeah with a a bit of luck and a, and a following wind maybe i'll manage to achieve something uh close to what rob has achieved with his shots there um you know not not with aerochrome film because i'm not taking aerochrome film but you know that's the, yeah that's the kind of the inspiration for it and you'll notice that i'm only taking three rolls of that so that's not going to be something i major on that's my experimental thing and if it all goes tits out well so be it <laughs> seems fairly smart seems fairly smart well <laughs> yeah let's go with that shall we <laughs> yeah well, yeah though i've never used it before but it couldn't possibly go wrong uh and then last of all um well, certainly not least of all um which uh, i've taken a few more rolls of this second um is uh for a slightly higher speed color film i'm taking uh the kodak vision 3 250 daylight which is a very nice color film i really like that i i think you'll be really pleased with that because um, that's got some lovely colours and it's a nice sharp film as well. Yeah, um, I, from what I've seen, um, it's great. Um, I understand that it can be reasonably forgiving as you know w- within its parameters, and therefore I'm I'm reasonably confident I'm not going to get it horribly wrong. Um, and that will give me a little extra speed for when it's uh, darker and what have you. Because although I'm taking all fast prime lenses, why is it um, my wide angle lenses is, is the slowest lens? And that's a 2.8. Uh, my 50 and my 85 are both 1.8s. Um, so I should be able to get plenty of light into the camera. Um, and uh, so I'm hoping that those slower films will be uh, will be just enough. Um, um obviously the the vision um film that is a, a cine film so it's got the remjet on so how are you dealing with that because you uh, don't develop your own stuff no no uh and even if i did i probably wouldn't touch that with a barge pole quite frankly um so uh this uh we've mentioned before on the show uh, a shop in the uk called nick and trick uh and i spoke to them and uh, uh again and said you know um Anything, anything I need to know? Can you do it? Um, more importantly, uh, can you scan these in some sort of lossless file? Um, because that was something that I really, really like. Um, and uh, usually I get my scans as TIFF files. And uh, it was something that they didn't, they didn't advertise on their website. And when I spoke to them, they said, yes, absolutely, we can do that for you. So um, the film, when it goes, when I come home, will go back to Nick and Trick because they do develop that film and remove the ramjet for you and uh, then we'll scan it for you. Um, and uh, they don't know this yet, uh, but there's a couple of us uh, who've been talking who do shoot this and thinking, actually, if we can get together a big bulk order, can will they actually process it in its native chemistry for us? Because I believe on occasion they will actually process this film in the ECN2 chemistry. 
which is what it's supposed to be done in, uh, whereas most of the time, and most people actually will uh, develop it as C41. Yeah, they, I think they've also used, is it, oh God, I'm going to get this one, the R, R34, something like that, um, which I think is perhaps colour paper developer, I'm not sure. Um, but yes, I, I, I know the, the um, FPP guys were talking about this, and um, yeah, it's um, that would be cool if they could do that, because I think you, you, you do get, well, certainly a different look and maybe probably better results from doing that. Um, so how many rolls of film in total are you taking with you? I am taking 23 rolls of film. I'm taking 10, so, 10 of the Ektar, 10 of the Vision 3, and 3 of the Red Scale. So how many rolls does that give you a day to shoot? Uh, well, in uh, if you take off the, the days when I'm simply sat in a plane, and I might fire off one or two, but, but not much, um, I think I'm going to end up with about 14 days. Um, so it's more than one roll of film a day. Uh, but it's not as much as two rolls of film a day, I think. Is that going to be enough? Is that going to be enough, dude? Well, it's going to have to be for a couple <laughs> of reasons. Um, one is that beyond that point, it starts to get a little bit prohibitively expensive. <laughs> um, two is that uh, uh, my carry-on bag will only fit so much film in it. And of course, you can't check the film in because it'll go through the super high-powered uh, detector machines uh, and then be fogged. Whereas these days you can take film through anything up to 400 speed film. You can take through pretty much any um, uh, airport, any um, airport security machines. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? X-ray. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, but the ones they have behind the scenes are higher powered. Um, so you can't really take a whole bunch of film and check it in and then send it through those machines. So um you're kind of restricted away so yeah is it going to be enough uh well it's gonna to have to be in it uh and time will tell whether i am being foolish and should take my fuji digital camera or or not were you at all tempted because they said you couldn't face the thought of carrying around um, big heavy medium format bronicus what about shoving in the pinhole because that's nice and light and doesn't take up too much space. <laughs> it's not that light, actually, and it's quite big. <laughs> I did think about it. I gave it, and um, if I'd been shooting medium format, I definitely would have taken it. What I don't want to get, though, is in a position where if I lose or break one of my cameras, then I end up with a whole pile of film I can't use because it's a different format. So in mm. my head, it was either all 120 or all 35 mil. And because I chose for my main cameras to go 35 mil, I've stuck with that can you not get sherpas to carry your stuff for you <laughs> well and get them to crawl through the x-ray machines and stuff like that it's just like i don't think the world works like that anymore mate oh, oh okay well i don't know you know i've been listening to a lot of sherlock holmes recently and that's definitely how the world worked in those days <laughs> yes apart from the fact that he's fictional oh oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right so anyway 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 i wasn't intending to talk about that 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 long but i have and therefore it's done and i hope it's not been too boring for everybody but i'm absolutely i'm getting so excited now about this trip it's just going to be an awesome amazing time i have never been away from my wife or my family for as long as i'm going to be away from them for so um whether or not i survive that i don't know um uh, so uh, yeah, that'll, that, that's the only downside, really, is being away from everybody for that long. Um, 
but I suspect uh, if all goes according to plan, I will be distracted by marvellous things constantly. So, um, yeah. It's going to be a spectacular trip. And you're even taking a tripod with you, aren't you? It's that that exciting. You're actually going to take a tripod with you. Well, not only did I am I taking a tripod, I actually bought the tripod for this trip. I may have bought it nearly a year ago, but I've known I've been going on this trip now for about 18 months. So, you know, I've been sort of gradually preparing for it. Uh, And I did buy a tripod specifically to take this trip. Um, take on this trip I am seriously having second thoughts about that right now <laughs> oh goodness sake just take the damn tripod with you but... probably I did buy one that's small enough and light enough that I can just pack it up and put it in my suitcase I don't actually have to carry it for the travelling elements of it I'll just need to carry it when I'm going, when I'm going to be using it so uh, yeah I expect I'll just throw it in the suitcase and and, uh, and then it's there if I need it or when I need it because I suspect I'll probably do better to have it at certain points if we go out to shoot a sun <laughs> rise and it's still pitch black and and i'm going to sit there for ages a, a tripod's going to be much better for that isn't it even i know i that. would think so are you going to take like a um cable release and stuff like that as well uh i have got a cable release uh but i was probably going to use the um uh the the zizzer what's it called i have no idea what the one where you press the button and it doesn't take the photo a time the broken release. camera no no uh, oh come on help me Self-timer. out give, just give me a break yes that'll do yes so my and... cameras have a, a mechanical self-timer on them that lasts about 10 seconds or something like that so um uh, uh i don't think my cameras have a mirror lockup so there, there's no um the, there is nothing to be gained from uh, particularly from having a cable release over a self-timer well, I mean, what's the longest expose you can do? Well, they have a bulb mode. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I was going to say bulb mode's not much good without a cable release, is it? No, I don't. I never use the bulb mode. Well, see, there you see, go. Well, this you is, might want. It's a good job then we're talking, having this conversation now rather than next week, which is like the day before I go. Because yeah, I've got some time to try out some stuff, haven't I, and add it to the kit. Wow. So. That is a thing that takes no room at all. Also, um, what about filters? Do you take any filters with you? Uh, a polarizer. That seems like probably so the only one you're going to need. So being up high in thin air um, and potentially with it being sunny, I think polarizer is a good idea. Um, I did think about taking a three-stop ND filter as well uh, because mm-hmm. as the air gets thinner, it does get yeah a lot brighter. Um, yeah. But my cameras, uh, certainly if I'd been shooting with the Bronica, I would have taken that and probably even a you know, a, a, a bigger stopper than that. Uh, but the Nikons go up to a four thousandth of a second. Um, That's pretty big. Yeah. So if I'm shooting 100 speed film and a four thousandth of a second at f16, um, I'm probably not going to need more than a polarizer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you obviously spent a lot of time looking into this. What? Are you most? Well, I don't know. Whether, uh, looking forward to shooting there, or what, what? What do you hope to get when you're out there? What kind of aspect is it? Is it the culture? Is it the people? Is it the landscapes? Um, what? What? What is it that's you know, you're particularly excited about getting in front of the camera? So that's a really good question, and I have been thinking about this some. So yeah, and. You and all the listeners know that actually I'm a, a portrait photographer at heart. Um, 
but this isn't about just portraits this is this is about experiencing a place and so i've been starting to the thing that's going through my mind is um is more cinematic than pure photographic so you know that the age-old thing about making a film where you have to have a really wide establishing shot and then you have a mid-range shot and then you have a close-up and stuff like that that's the sort of thing i'm talking uh, or that's going through my head so let's say we visit a uh, i don't know a, a town that has a market or something like that you know ideally i'd have a really big wide establishing shot maybe from a hill that takes in a big load of landscape and gives context and shows where the town sits um and then you know some uh, you know some uh, mid medium shots of what's going on in the town maybe some you know a couple of more close up shots of some of the people and maybe some details things on market stalls that kind of thing i mean mm. i'm i'm making this up as i go along in a bit because i don't really have a great deal of detailed information of what i'm going to experience i know we're going to some cultural festivals i know we're going to some monasteries and know we're going to see things um so i'm just sort of trying to think okay well what's my approach rather than what am i trying to capture capture what do I you know what do I what do I want to come back with and so sort of whatever I see I want to be able to see the detail and the context yeah no that sounds like a really it, it sounds like a very good workflow to have in mind um just as a general thing as, as an approach to go to it goes and well I hope obviously I hope you have a fantastic time while you're out there and I can't wait to hear about it when you come back but also I hope that when you do come back that and when you've been through and sorted out all the hundreds of photographs you're going to come back with do you actually put them somewhere meaningful that they can be seen and enjoyed by uh me and other listeners you know, maybe maybe need to make a little uh, you know blog spot page or something to share some stuff on when it's done so that'd be cool because if you're going to take pictures with that approach in mind it would be nice to be able to display them in a way that people can see to enjoy them like that as well yeah, very, very good point, actually. I mean, I was certainly not going to... It was not my intent to sit on them and not show them to anybody. Um, I haven't really got as far as thinking about how I might share them yet. Um, uh, so, yeah, good good point, actually. Good point. Actually show the story that I'm trying to capture. Hmm. I will bear that in mind. Right, well, there we go. That's about me. Um <laughs> it's probably enough about me so we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with some something about the listeners actually some emails i think and some shout outs how about that yeah love it cool Time for some listener emails. Make it less about me and more about you guys out there. Uh, over to Graham for the first email. Who's that from? Oh, you know, I'm really looking forward to these emails this week because it's less about you and more about nose grease mostly. Um, <laughs> first email is from Toby Vanderveld. Uh, Toby writes, yo, sunbeams. Great start. I'm really glad to see that this is kicking off. Another interesting episode, that Y35, that's the Yashica camera, is something I think I'm going to avoid. It sounds like a total gimmick. My daughter is happily snapping away on my Bellora Bella 44 already. Um, Incidentally, I quickly looked up the Bellora Bella because it was a name I recognised, but I couldn't sort of picture it. And it's a really cute, old, very basic um, point and shoot um but it's a very pretty old one um so that's very cool and definitely significantly cooler although arguably every bit as basic as the y35 <laughs> 
Um, I can really recommend Nose Grease. I think he just means in general. But uh, as a printer in photo labs in the 1990s, that was a real go-to solution for sorting scratches on film. Uh, Rachel, the middle bit of your nose above the lip is a septum. Not was it, Rachel called it a fulcrum or something. I don't know. I think they're talking about different bits of your face there. But uh, I'll give Toby the benefit of the doubt and Rachel. I think right, uh, I think Toby's probably right. Um, a septum <laughs> is a wall that divides a cavity into smaller spaces. I know that from having an interest in piercings, although mine has no jewellery. Oh, okay, let's leave that sentence there. Um, I am loving my 30, Olympus 35RC because I've never shot with a rangefinder before. I've had a lifetime of shooting SLR cameras, 35mm and 120, and they've always been rangefinder curious. I'm sure my Canon 81 will surface again at some point. I can't shoot one camera alone for very long before I feel like a change. I know that feeling. It's a. It's actually a very bad habit for me to have, but um, I absolutely do sympathise. Um, I'm on the beer tonight. It's a beer Thursday, and the boys are heading over. So as long as I'm not hanging too badly Friday, I think it's time for making a pinhole. My black and white darkroom has been limbering up this week as I shoot paper negs in my Hasselblad. I'm going to insta those at some point. Uh, TTFN from Toby. Um, P.S. I wrote a blog inspired by UNAA to talk about how heavy our bronicas are. Uh, and that's on his website, which is vandeveld, V-A-N-D-E-V-E-L-D-E dot co dot UK uh, slash how big is yours? Uh, and on this brief blog post, he compares the weight of his, um, in his case, it's Hasselblad, with, amongst other things, a bottle of Prosecco and a Nikon with a large lens on it. And it turns out the heaviest thing was the Nikon by quite a large chunk, although the bottle of Prosecco did weigh as much as the Hasselblad. Um uh, I have to say, Toby's website, absolutely worth a look. He um, has got some great pictures like, right on the front. Because Toby is um, you know, a, a newspaper photojournalist for over a decade, as it says in this thing. Um, he's got a really good picture of Boris Johnson stood next to a guy with a meat cleaver. Like that, a great deal. There's pictures of Prince Charles, Floella Benjamin, better than either of the previously two mentioned people. There's a picture of Baroness Floella Benjamin on there. So um, anyway, yeah, go and check out uh, Toby's website. Very cool, um, very nice website. Um, so thank you very much for that email, Toby. Great and um, good to hear that the nose grease was not us being led down uh, the garden path on that one. <laughs> absolutely okay right next email uh from uh richard williams who uh, i think is a first time emailer to the show so thank you for your email richard he says hi sunbeams <laughs> where did, did you just make this up by the way graham last week this whole yeah sunbeam yeah thing. It, so. no yeah. we're stuck with it no, 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 it's all right. It's all right. It's nice, actually. It's yeah, it's nice. Hi, Sunbeams. I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm doing a combination of listening weekly to the new and catching up on the old in between times. Basically, you're keeping me going on many dreary evening commutes. Well, thank you very much, Richard. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. He says, uh, I only got back into film photography earlier this year, but in that short time have seen quite a range of cameras come and go. A combination of gas, a low boredom threshold, pathological indecisiveness and a wife addicted to charity shops are to blame, I think. That, that sounds like a particularly potent combination to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's lucky because 
he has a wife that's obviously ad- addicted to charity shops, but hasn't reached the point yet where she's sick of seeing cameras everywhere. So if she sees one, she'll still get him one. Whereas I am a hundred percent convinced that if Sinead saw a camera in a camera shop, she would in a charity shop, she would turn the other way very quickly and walk away from it. So, <laughs> well, uh, Richard's in a good place. Then uh, he goes on. Uh, I have also started to develop my own film at home too which I'm just about starting to get the hang of. Honestly, I think that the scanning is harder than the development, but I do love being in control of the image-making process from end to end. Hmm. Okay, you say you you don't like scanning either, do you? Ah, It's just a bit of a faff. It's not the most fun. But that's really awesome, Richard, that you're doing your own developing. uh, I I think everybody should be doing that, especially you, Aid. Yeah, especially me. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Richard tells us then uh, he's now settled on a Minolta XG1 SLR with a lovely collection of lenses all given to him by a mate. Well, that's very generous. He also has a a couple of Mu Zooms, Olympus Mu Zooms, uh, a nice fully manual Voigtlander Vito B. Is that one that has Rachel got one of those? She's got. Um, she's got. She's see. got one. The Voigtlander Vita. I don't know it's the same one, but she has got one. The and an awful red Hanimex thing from the eighties. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, uh, <laughs> great. Those pillar box red lumps of plastic. Classic. Well, so this one has a special place in the collection for Richard because he's going to use it for the cheap shots challenge, which we should get around to at some point. Um, he says, my whirlwind, my whirlwind affair with film photography has been ably helped along by your podcast, Hamish's website, uh, well, where I've written a couple of articles and a few other photography sites. So thanks very much for the entertainment and continued inspiration. Well, uh, you're most welcome. Uh, we will put lo- links in the show notes as well uh, uh, to Richard's website, what he refers to as his fledgling blog. Yeah, it's cool, actually. I've been having a look at that stuff. And um, I've seen quite a few of Richard's pictures on Instagram. He's at that underscore Richard underscore bloke on Instagram. And um, so I've seen quite a few of his pictures. He's been showing quite a few lately from a car show he went to. So there have been lots of pictures of cool old cars. Um, in uh, uh, I'm not sure where it is he's taking them, actually. But, um, yeah, did it say on there? Hinkley, there you go. Um, yeah, Hinkley, really nice. somewhere in the Midlands, if I remember rightly. So, well, there we go. And I couldn't possibly uh, you know, uh, let this one go without reading uh, Richard's sign out. He says, I just get out and shoot some film when I can while I patiently await the phone call from Magnum. Are they the ice cream people? I think um, he was a PI from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, at least assume that's what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Richard. Right, uh, back to you then, Mr... Actor. The next one is from our very good friend Andrew Bartram, um, I, who I think it was Andrew that kicked off the entire nose grease conversation. Dear Sunbeams, um, Alaska wasn't on the visit list, but Atlanta was. I can understand the confusion as both start with A. All right, I get it. I made a mistake. Look, I did my best. Um, a fantastic trip was had by me and by Mrs. Warboy Snapper, spending the first week in Athens, not Greece, Graham. Look, I realise I might be an idiot. Uh, I've got no follow-up to that. Um, (laughs) To visit our baby girl at the University of Georgia. Oh, that's very cool. Um, The plan was to hire a car and take mini road trips out around Georgia and South Carolina, which we did. The second week was spent in Atlanta, where we had a week-long city break. Photographically, I used a GW692 with HP5 for the road trip shots. 
lots of old storefronts, cars, laundromats. Roliflex 3.5 for some Ektar 100 and HP5 mainly used in Atlanta wandering around. Nikon F2 with Ferrania P30 and Berger Pancro 400. In a, um, I'm a new Nikon fan aid, having shot OM1s for years and really love how it snaps into focus. So there you go, Aid, you got a convert. Absolutely. Um, Good stuff. Final camera, apart from the Lubitel 2. <laughs> See, look, look how many cameras Andrew took with him. Why can't you do this, Aid? Was the Reality So Subtle 6x6F with Fuji Acros, mainly with a screw-in red filter. Just started posting some on Flickr, and Andrew's on Flickr um, as Warboy Snapper, uh, and Instagram as well. He's on Instagram as at Warboy Snapper, and also, I think, at Warboy Pinholes, I think. Um uh, developed all the HP5 in ID11, as is my standard, and made contact prints. And I've seen some of those actually on Instagram. They look really nice. Um, the idea is to make a box set of 8x10 prints of the trip, which is a really lovely thing to do. And it's a lovely way of um, having memories of the trip. More to share about the trip, but one email per show is enough. Couldn't agree more. Uh, concise and to the point, Andrew. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Andrew. That's great. Okay, that does sound like an awesome trip. It, God, he was carrying some stuff, though. I mean, none of those are small cameras that he's no, talking about. No, no, but, some, but it, you know, uh, the, there's uh, one that I've seen, which is uh, my favourite of what he's posted so far. is just entitled Oakland Cemetery. Um, and uh, it's a picture of the it's a, a pinhole picture of the doors to a, some sort of mausoleum in this cemetery taken from ground level looking upwards and it is awesome and the, the combination of the film choice and the camera choice with that particular composition is is very very strong indeed so uh, yeah everybody have, go have a look at that I do love the fact that he's listed all these cameras and the reason that he took them and just casually throws in uh, and the Lubitel too and no no justifiable reason why he took that. Presumably because what reason could he have other than oh, there seems to be a tiny bit of space left in this bag. Oh, I'll shove this in as well. <laughs> Something like that. So I can't think of any other reason to take a Lubitel anywhere. Uh, the only one I've ever seen was yours and I couldn't even make any sense out of the viewfinder not even a viewfinder is it whatever you call it uh it was <laughs> diab- it was diabolical i couldn't actually see anything through it at all about apart from some colored patches of light right moving on then next uh, for, uh another email uh welcome back to the show uh angela solis um known as this is jella uh on i, I think mostly uh instagram possibly with twitter as well she says uh hello sunny six podcast friends <laughs> uh, this is my attempt to make the intro egalitarian all right okay well the whole sunbeams thing will hopefully make that easier in the future as well uh this email is short and sweet since after that yashiga brouhaha that's the second time in one show <laughs> after that yashiga brouhaha which left me a bit traumatized it does remind me of the attempt to digitize holger i still shudder at the thought <laughs> Uh, just sharing another upcoming crowdfunding campaign, uh, but this time I know for sure it is not digital film. Okay, so this is uh, a link to the Silbera um, Indiegogo, which we were talking about earlier. So thank you for sending that in, Angela. Um, I'm also looking forward to the Cosmo Photo film, uh, which I ended up pre-ordering a few months ago. Oh, that's a good yes. I don't think, don't think there's a, a current 
uh, crowdfunding exercise for that one. Is there, Graham? Are you, do you know? No, no, I, I'm actually not familiar with this Cosmo photo film at all. Um, is this something you've come across before, Aid? Yes, and I'm going to embarrass myself now because I can't remember where. Um, I think it's something that one of Rachel's friends or contacts is involved with, but I'm not entirely sure. So apologise, listeners, uh, for that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the website here, uh, cosmophoto.com, spelled with a K. Um, and they How are do you taking, spell photo um, with a K? <laughs> Cosmo Koto. Um <laughs> And, um, yeah, they're taking pre-orders for it now. Um, and I have to say, I mean, I have no idea what the film's like, but I love the packaging. The packaging's super cool. Uh, I, I'm very tempted to order them just because I want those really cool film boxes. Um, so, yeah, that's a uh, 100 ISO panchromatic film, um, which is always good. You can never have too many panchromatic films, although given how many have come out this year already... <laughs> seems like maybe we can have too many panchromatic films um but no very cool and as i said awesome box design on that it is it is um uh i don't even know what panchromatic film is it's uh black and white <laughs> all we need to know uh, why didn't we say so why didn't we say so then <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's because there's more than one kind of black and white. There's also a it's it's the colours that they're sent, the light that they're sensitive to. Um, it is being produced in October and in stock by mid-November, and it's showing as out of stock at the moment. So I guess they've um, all pre they've sort of sold the pre-orders for all their initial batch they're going to make. So, um, but yeah, check out the website just so you can see the cool box art for the Cosmo Photo Mono. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so Angela closes by saying, I am in the process of preparing your care package, Woo, which I hope to send out soon in order to avoid the holiday rush. If you ended up not receiving these and Graham had to skip a recording for the day because of a toothache, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Okay, well, uh, yes. And uh, uh, yes, I mean, you have promised to send Rachel some stuff as well, haven't you? So... Did I? Um, Pretty I'm not sure, sure I, I used heard the word promise. Pretty well. Okay, all right. That might be a strong word, a strong, strong sentiment for you. But uh, <laughs> pretty sure you, pretty sure you promised. All right. Okay. Thank you, Angela, for your uh, email. Right, uh, Graham. Back over to you for the next one. Yep, last one is from Neil Piper, our good friend Neil Piper. Hi guys, just a quick one. You had a listener question the other week regarding bulk loading, specifically, I believe, the Computron models and scratches along the film. You may have answered this already, but I thought I'd chirp in with some experience on the subject. When loading your 35mm canisters, you need to make sure that the loader is set to the open position. This allows the film to be pulled from the bulk chamber into the cartridge. If it is closed then you will be able to pull the film through but you'll probably scratch the hell out of it along the length um i know that all these different bulk loaders do vary in design and, and style um i don't think i've got a computrol one um so i mean it certainly is possible that that could be the problem that maybe um john wasn't clicking it open before he pulled it through or maybe it's not fully opening properly and something snagging on there that certainly could be doing it but if it is a consistent scratch all the way along that does seem to lend providence to that being part of the problem so um, anyway hope that's some help from neil thank you very much neil as always absolutely what yes. helpful listeners we have they are <laughs> listeners of the best best ever i you know what's his name chris marquard might have 
you know the most years podcasting and all the listeners we have the best listeners we have the smartest <laughs> listeners and the, the handsomest slash most beautiful listeners as well i find it difficult to disagree with that actually um <laughs> well I, I would hope so i, I would hope so <laughs> especially when one of them is sending us food how is that what it's all about <laughs> <laughs> right okay now we get to the bottom of it do you know what actually now we get to the bottom of that i, th- I think that brings us to pretty much the bottom of the show as well actually doesn't it um uh that certainly takes us all the way through our extensive and professionally compiled show notes for this week uh is there any other business sir um you know what i haven't checked itunes in a while but i will do that for next week's show because um i've been too disorganized this week so i will check our reviews next week and report back with all the exciting findings from all the lovely itunes reviews we may or may not have been left and after that short segment uh, are we any closer to kicking off the next round of cheap shots challenge or are we still still away from that yet I think, as we said last week, I think we'll wait till you're back and maybe kick it off before Christmas. But there's going to be so much going on in the run to Christmas because we also need to start thinking about the Sunnies for 2017, which I'm very excited about. Um, last year, we had our award show at the end of the year. And um, yeah, we need to start thinking about how we're going to handle that this year and what the category is going to be. There's been so much new stuff this year. So um, we might be gearing up for that next year. So it, there is an outside chance that the Cheap Shots Challenge may wait until the new year. But we'll 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 have a discussion about that and we'll get some listener feedback on whether they think we should do it this side of Christmas or t'other. Mm. that gives us something to think about and something to organize and something to plan for uh you know in the uh you know the usual way that we plan and organize things on this show <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or Don't maybe slightly better than that or maybe slightly better than that who knows okay all right so you that is the end of the show then so you can contact us and please do because we love to hear from you uh instagram at sunny 16 podcast that'll be graham uh twitter that'll be me facebook will be rachel and uh flicker group we need to show some love to the flicker group don't we i mean i had a look at it the other day and loads of people have been posting to it recently i think we're going to need to dedicate a good chunk of a show in the near future to, to catching up with the flicker group the flicker group activity what do you reckon that sounds like a good plan to me okay uh but uh, of course you can always email us as well sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com and thank you to those of you that do uh, we also like to say thanks to chris at pixelated photographer for hosting the show and to uh, rachel's band rocker uh, who play the music that we use uh, their album is called promises i should have kept and you can find that on amazon or itunes so um i have enjoyed speaking to you all this week um i may not be here next week which means i might miss the next three shows so if this is 72 i mean 73 74 75 i might not be back until show 76 um if anything goes wrong during that time uh please email sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com and say Graham, what you doing what you doing because the man in charge is now my good friend and co-host graham uh, we're in a lot of trouble let's face it <laughs> so it's been good talking to you one day in the far future when i pick up the remains of what used to be our podcast when i get back from my travels <laughs> no, well, mate, I mean, i'm only joking I, I, i'm only joking i'm only joking you're going to do a good job and obviously, this is all based on the supposition that you aren't going to fall down a ravine and never come back. So, <laughs> I, 
I will admit now, I may feel some guilt in the future if you do now fall down a ravine and die. Some guilt. What if I die? Although, if I, I also some other... feel a bit like I'm some sort of um, incredible. Uh, what's the word? I'm... <laughs> That's the word. Soothsayer. Yeah. You are Maybe the prophet. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the thing is, I'm going to a Buddhist country, so I'll just get reincarnated. It'll be fine. Um, and on that note, it's been lovely talking to you all for the last year and a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and i look forward to talking to you when i get back to the uk in a few weeks time goodbye bye